0: Welcome to Karma Club with Dr. Francine Hardaway. The goal of this clubhouse room on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is to discuss karma in business. Through a series of interviews and conversations, we hope to explore how we can pay it forward in our business lives. Today's episode was sponsored by Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Learn a new language for life. Try for six months free using the promo code FRANCINE, that's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E, at babble.com forward slash Francine. Today's show was recorded on June 17th, 2021. The topic was, being a better global citizen. Now let's join our room in progress with Dr. Francine and friends in the clubhouse room.
1: Hi Alyssa. Hi Jocelyn. Happy happy sunny day in Half Moon Bay. I'm traveling this week, and um, hi to Clubhouse. Good to see you. Let's see. Hmm. I'm getting a need a stronger signal.
0: Need a North, signal.
1: North. Yeah. I'm. Half Moon Bay is awful. Oh no. For for uh, reception. So uh he- get get ready, Haman, to carry the conversation if oh. I get kicked out. Oh, no. Um okay. Sounds- <laughs> I- I'm doing my very okay. best. But are you Here enjoying the view? I'm oh my God. I I went on a hike this morning that was to die for still got this getting a s a stronger signal. Oh no, in a way. Um, short enough to um to <laughs> be okay for me and um which means lots of switchbacks. So I I got to enjoy a view of the ocean, stunning view. Absolutely stunning.
2: Where, so, where yeah. are you, Doctor Francine? Where are you? What did I, you fly into?
1: I flew into Half Moon Bay. And the before we start the room, I should say that travel it used to be, and not what you want it to be. I was in the airport. Southwest is having a lot of um glitches, and I for 2 hours I was in the airport for 6 hours and most of it was just people saying okay we're going to board nope we're not going to board we're going to board we're not going to board systems up systems down systems up systems down so this the topic of this month has been how to be a better global citizen and truthfully <laughs> You need to, um, you, if you're going to be a global citizen, the first thing that you require is patience. Because if you're going to be a global citizen and you're traveling to get somewhere, that's what will be required. So let me kick off the room by telling you that there's a tremendous offer for this month. We are being um I don't know what to call it, underwritten, sponsored, gifted, what whatever, by Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L, go to Babbel.com slash Francine, and you can get six months free of language learning, which is like step one in being a better global citizen. And you you sign up and you start the course and then they give you six months free. So that's b a b b e l dot com slash Francine is the promo code, and I can't believe that they actually came to us uh, to underwrite this. But it's it's really important global citizenship. It's a very important subject given all the givens. Biden's just back from having his meeting with Putin. Um, Southwest you know it's having all its technical problems and somebody suggested that it might be ransomware so here we go
2: are you what language have you chosen to learn on on babel
1: oh i've chosen spanish because i should have learned it years and years ago and i've i tested i actually Tested out of first year Spanish because you know where I started learning on learning it at uh, Casa Club. Casa Club was a, cl- a club um, in the very beginning of Clubhouse where all people from enough to meet, you know, there were like 15 people from Latin America. They all met in one room. And they were all teaching each other. They they were all teaching each other. And they were speaking Spanish. So very, very cool experience. But then the, the women got busy. And once they got busy, they got rid of the club. So... Anyway, we can talk about many things today that would be part of being a global citizen. I was hoping to have a representative from the Global Citizen Nonprofit Group here. They have a lot of activations going on to help us be better, Um, but I couldn't get them to answer back, so maybe they'll be here next week. I very much want them to be here and explain what they're doing in case some of you want to get involved. But in my own case, the first thing I'm doing is learning Spanish. And the the second thing I'm doing is appearing in all kinds of global newsrooms to find out what's going on in other people's countries. And... I've discovered how absolutely, totally limited the American news is. And and I know, I know that's even true, you know, uh, of the Canadian news. Or rather, the Canadians think that American news doesn't tell enough about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Even your CNN International does a way better job on reporting news than CNN USA. Sadly.
1: I know. I know. See, half of Americans don't have passports, which makes it very difficult to be a global citizen.
2: I I I, I want to share with you that I I worked for CNN for many years, for CNN International um, here in London and uh, it was our biggest challenge was to help our u s counterparts understand that it was so important to have international news gathering because it really the world is not just about what happens in the u s but and I have to say that heyman you you're right that c n n international is so much better, but it was so much better at at covering international news, but it was a very, very long road for us to get enough dollars to cover international news properly, to make sure that it was on the agenda.
1: First of all, Mafalda, thank you for coming to the room and sharing your experience. And I would like to know more about it. I, I mean, it, what is it like to be committed to international news in a non-American place?
2: So, like, like I said, I was at CNN International, right? And I was on the business side. I wasn't on the news gathering side. So, uh, what I was doing is I was leading the team, looking after um, client relationships and, and and sponsors, so advertising dollars coming in. And my remit was Southern Europe and CIS, so ex-USSR. And... Um, whatever most most of the advertising dollars that we got from these regions were then going to be spent in news gathering for CNN international and our biggest challenge with headquarters and with our with our domestic team let's call it with CNN USA was always trying to well, kind of educating them if I may say I mean I started at CNN in 1999 and I was there for 14 years Um, and it was really about educating them and helping them understand the importance of covering global news and the importance of how news, international news moved the markets and moved the US markets too right? Uh, It was a language that they understood better let's say Um, but yes it was a a, a massive challenge Uh, and I. Think that the channel is so much better, and that CNN International Digital as well is 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 quite solid, and definitely CNN in the US and Time Warner now, you know the, the board and investors they, they understand that it's important to be global and to have a global outlook on things. But uh, but it took do you
1: think that COVID do you think COVID has changed
2: everybody's perspective? Everybody's perspective on on
1: how, ne- on how necessary it is to be
2: global. I mean, it's it's definitely. I, I think it definitely helped to raise awareness to the fact that it is important to be global. It is important to acknowledge what goes on in different countries because they have a lot of power, right? Um, And what has happened with COVID and how (sighs) the impact that Indian variants, that different variants that have been discovered have had globally is insane. And I think that the world has understood that no matter how small or how big a country is, the impact that it can have and the repercussion that whatever happens in a small country, you know, close to India can have in the world is huge. So I do think that it opened the eyes to, to, to what goes on internationally more. What, what is your perspective being U.S.-based? I'm here in Europe. Are you kidding?
1: I, I think the U.S. Is, is completely... Jocelyn, go ahead. <laughs> I'll, you, you've un, unmuted, so you go ahead.
3: It's agreeing, but undoubtedly it's changed Um, the way we view the world. The world um, globalization did get the world smaller, but even COVID has gotten it even smaller. Um, We realize that we're all in this together. What affects one can affect all. And I'm so glad uh, Taiwan was keeping a close eye on China. So We're very grateful to Taiwan um, who raised awareness and who handled COVID remarkably well. So, yes, we have to keep an eye on on our neighbors if we're not on good terms with them, and we have to try to be at peace with each other.
1: Yes, no kidding. One of my big themes in this club is that you get back what you give out, and that the whole theory of karma you know is to you know in Gandhi's terms be the change that you want to see, and um, we we don't usually take the time to treat our neighbors very well, Tina, your thoughts
4: oh thank you um very much dr francine so i was actually in a room last night where we were discussing um the digital divide and um one of the things that i kept thinking about and that kept coming up is how technology i think can help us um and i love how it kind of or at least what i'm thinking about how it can how it could possibly also help us become better global citizens simply because the uh the further we start to mine and obviously there's a concern you know regarding sharing data but if we can in some way use that data to show how much we are similar and less um different from one another because we all go through things very similarly we all use a lot of the same systems like healthcare and education and um we all grow the same way and we all you know progress um similarly um it brings us more together and um especially in a time where in the last 14 to 15 months we've all been um affected by this pandemic and um we all raise families. We all, we've all been affected in similar ways. Um, It would, I, I would hope, and I would think that um, we can also learn from one another. And by sharing um, that information and being more open to understanding one another, that would help us in the future go forward.
1: You know, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting, Tina, but I'm not sure that we all, Uh, had the same experience during COVID. My daughter lives in London and London was under a complete lockdown. And as soon as the vaccine came, everybody raced out to get it. They opened it to people under 25 and the people under 25 brought the phone networks down trying to make appointments to get vaccinated. So but whereas in Arizona, where I live, they opened it to people under 25 because nobody was getting vaccinated and the people under 25 didn't care and they didn't get vaccinated either. So London has like a 70% percent—you um, of know, the people have a first shot. In Arizona, 37% of the people have a first shot. And in India, I assume people are literally dying to get the vaccine. And there's not going to be that kind of vaccine hesitancy. And Cheryl, I know you're on here. In in Japan, um, isn't it true that only like 3% of the population is vaccinated?
5: Um, yeah, I think right now probably around 5%. But to be honest with you, I think they have... Uh... Way more than enough, uh, I mean, as in they have enough uh, vaccine here, but the uh, adoption rate is not so high. Uh, one thing is also because of the way they roll it out, but uh, I think they are starting to improve because um, they are starting to have uh, uh, to, uh, to, to provide the resources uh, to actually allow the employees to be vaccinated on site uh, in their company uh, and also in schools. So slowly, they're they are trying to roll it out. Uh, but if you, for example, ask the Japanese to take it up willingly, may, they may not want to have it. But apparently, what was uh, made known is, right, if you are in a company and if the employee chooses not to do it, they will actually give that lease to their employer to show them that, oh, these people didn't want to have it. I mean, opt out uh, of the vaccination. So it, be, it actually become a... Although it's voluntary uh, voluntary, but in a way it becomes not that voluntary anymore because if they don't do it, they'll be so called make known to them employer you so say they're yeah. not doing it.
1: Yeah, but we aren't like but we force, but yeah. we aren't living through things the <laughs> same way. <laughs> Specifically, Bilu, I think you'll either be muting oh, you're in the audience again. Okay, thank you, Heyman. Um Jasmine, welcome to Clubhouse. Thank
6: you. We appreciate it. This is a great discussion.
1: Thank you. Would you like to make a, com- a comment? Where are you from?
6: Um, I live in Maryland, in the U.S. Um, I work at Johns Hopkins, and I study racism, immigration, and citizenship. Um, but my background in research is actually based on the Ebola crisis uh, in West Africa. So I was really intrigued by the comments around what has been a shared experience in COVID. I think that perhaps one of the things that has uh, occurred because of COVID is that people who more often have not have not been in a situation to feel the types of precarity that other groups feel on a regular basis um, have been exposed to that very precarious nature and way of living. And I think that it could be helpful to remember that that experience and what it does for humans to not always have such a sense of security and assurance about our situations. Um, and I think that that could potentially be some of the, the ways that we think about what a new normal could do to further the possibilities for global citizenship um, i think that if we can free ourselves from some of the trappings of um of capitalism of modernity of the way that uh, our lives in many ways across the world are structured through globalization and can think more along um the ways that people who we would consider to be marginalized on um, those experiences and how people are always already solving their own problems and being creative and collaborating in order to make their lives better, healthier, um, to bring about better well-being. And that that is a thing that happens in collectives. Um, that that is where the promise lies for how we can really have a better sense of what it means to be a global citizen. That's all I've got. Thank you. My name is Jack. Oh,
1: that. That was wonderful, jasmine. Thank you dr Rao what are your where are you from and what one are second
0: hygiarist. I just invited you up to stage. You have a very interesting background and would love to hear your input as well on this. Thank
1: you Do- Dr Rao
7: yeah, Sh- should I go now yes, yeah, okay yeah. Uh, good afternoon everybody i am in us i came here in 1981 and lived ever since in us but i am from india and quite uh, fond of india love and then learn a lot about ancient india i don't know about the modern but the ancient india and what it represents you know but i'm truly a global citizen i don't that's also by deliberation and also knowing what we know as we are only on one earth and one humanity. And that was there in my yoga prayer from the beginning. They called it one family, also the I truly apply that, you know. For me as a physician, all patients of all races and everybody is the same because I see through the filters and into the being. That's a practical philosophy. And also how we divided ourselves because we have this... Uh, silly, sentimental identifications that were creating a lot of lack in the planet. So I'm a truly global citizen in that sense, but I love India for its uh, ancient wisdom, and I like uh, strengths of the Western world, and try to combine both, you know, the strengths of the Western
1: world. I love India for its ancient wisdom, and that's why i 'm having this club. I want to convince everybody that we 're all interconnected and that we will get back what we will what we give out I think it''s a, it's a truly important message, and it 's amazing how it gets overlooked. I mean we all as Jasmine said about the precariousness of of human life, we all had that same experience. And in some countries they're still having it. And yet we're still dividing ourselves as red and blue. Tatiana, you haven't spoken. Would you like to comment?
8: Yes, how are you? Good, Can you hear where me? are you from? I'm from Mexico City. <gasps> how how cool. I, uh... Yes. And we protect, uh, we protect the, the forest. We work with the local communities in the forest. We plant trees, maintain them, the soil restoration. And we have a water trust. And we try to develop in the industry with FCC uh, certificate for the international market. And we work a lot with the best practice with the local community. was very difficult. Because they need more education, they need more um, confidence in, in them, uh, but we we tried and now we sell carbon bonds, and it's uh, amazing that we can make this because it's an evolution for them, and they want to help in to protect the, all the nature because are native people and they are involved. Uh, with the uh, the nature like uh, like uh, anyone in this world and we try to make them to productive projects like ecotourism good industries uh, forest plantation and they make our uh, craft And the women make the craft because they need more help than the others because in the other rooms we are talking about the about the gender we have the police, uh, the police here, but don't work. They don't believe that we can be equal to the, with, with like the men. They need to work in, in his internal health, you know? And we need more, uh, be considerate with them because they need, to, they need more skills. And we try to make with them uh, all this work for better skills, for education, and um, for they can, they can follow the best practice, and we are we are proud of them, really proud. Thank you. I'm done.
0: Um, she might be uh, Dr. Francis. Might be in a uh, beach area. That's uh... The connection might be going on and off. So just to reset the room, uh, welcome to Karma Club. Uh, this was envisioned by Dr. Francine uh, to hopefully have more discussions and also change uh, our communities and uh, society as the way we interact. And today was more of a discussion uh, about what can we do uh, to improve our global discourse, uh, particularly um, about being a better global citizen uh, was the idea. Um, so I also butted up, uh, Hajir,
1: did you want to chime in? Yeah, go ahead. Let, let me finish with the reset and, and that went, then we'll let Rajir go. I, cause I cannot let this room go on without, uh, allowing people to take advantage of the offer from babble.com. Uh, if you go to babble.com and, um, use the promo code Francine, Babbel's going to give us six months of free language learning. And that is really cool because that is one thing that makes you a better global citizen. So I wanted to mention that. It's babbel.com slash Francine. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that I've gotten a good idea for how to make this a more inclusive discussion. If you hold one... Karma coin, you get to vote on what the next month's uh, group of discussions is about. You only have to own one Karma coin, and they cost something like $1.39, and you can get them signed up on rally.io. Just buy one, and you can have um, an input into next month's or the month's after's discussion because I want to hear much I mean I don't want to keep thinking up all the topics there are so many ways to be the change that you want to see and so many ways to get back you know what you're giving out um, that I would like everyone to have a shot at participating okay over to you Hajir I've heard great things about you
9: hey everyone thank you for inviting me to the to the stage Glad to be here with you guys.
0: Just curious from your experience, Ajir, um, like, because especially given your background, what have you felt during this pandemic? I mean, what do you feel will make us better global citizens going
1: forward? Yeah, so um, I honestly
9: wanted to talk more about how uh, me just becoming a U.S. citizen and how um, my journey coming here to the States and um, also how um, the recent or like last, I mean, last year protest uh, for George Floyd murder and um, what happened um, really made a huge impact for me as an Afro-Arab, as a Sudanese person. Um, and how it really made us, as Afro Arabs in back home, just to discuss this topic. Um, I think it, it really made a huge, huge impact um, to the Afro Arab community back home, and um, and I think this uh, has so much to do with uh, me also being global citizen. Since me, since I'm, I'm an American, I'm also an Arab, and I'm also an African. So um, discussing this topic made me. Um, Really think of how, um, no matter where, uh, on, no matter where you are in this, you know, in this, in this world, uh, the events that happen in a different country kind of, can definitely make a huge impact in another one. So, um, I just wanted to mention that, um,
1: um, That is such a great point because you, you are like the poster child for intersectionality. You are now an American citizen. You are from Sudan. You are African. And you are an Arab. So you're like... Exactly. You're everything. Exactly.
9: That's why I thought this would be a great, um, you know, um, something that would be great to mention as me being a global citizen and how it really inspired me to have... um, What happened um, here in the States inspired me to talk more about... Uh, or having like you know interviews and writing articles about the struggle of um, my people back home in or in the Arab region, um, so I guess this this is like I said in some way, um, as global citizens, we're all connected in a way or another, um, our struggles our um, fight um, it would it would inspire we would inspire each other by um, what we go through in in every, you know, part of the world, I guess. So
1: that's something that I thought that would be, you know, beneficial to add to this conversation. It's an awesome addition to the conversation, Hajir. And let me ask you to sign up at rally.io and send me your username so that your rally username so that I can uh, send you some karma coin. I want to give you karma. I think you, you know, I, I think you have already done an amazing job of being a global citizen. I mean, this is, this is you've had a pretty amazing journey.
9: Thank you. I, I uh, really appreciate that. I'll definitely do that. Thank you, Francis.
1: Joan, unmute and contribute. Hi, Francine. Thank you for
10: inviting me up to this stage. Um going back to the conversation on vaccines, and I think this is really important data that um, the, the community would would like to know. So um, I'm looking at the vaccine data right now um, from production, and I because of my job, I actually have access to some really good data. Um, but as of June, um, we are looking at over nine billion. Um, you know, vaccines in the pipeline, so that they'll be ready by November. Um, that number will go up to 10 billion, over 10 billion by the end of the year. Um, and as I look at you know the commitments to Covax right now, um, and we saw this week a billion more doses were committed to Covax um, by the global community. And um, we're also seeing, you know, Johnson & Johnson is up to 900 million doses between COVAX and the African Union. Moderna is at 534 million. Um, Pfizer is over 500 million with 1.1 billion committed. Um, Novavax has committed 1.1 billion, Sanofi and GSK together, 200 million. So we're seeing the global community pump out the vaccines Um from the biotech perspective, Um, and the biggest challenge that we're going to have, as Francine highlighted earlier in her comments about Arizona, is not supply capacity, but the health capacity of being able to get shots in arms, whether it is willingness of the communities or the capacity of the healthcare systems to get it to the people that need it the most. And I think that, you know, as we look at the nations around the world and our NGOs on the ground, we really need to be focusing on that health care capacity because the vaccine capacity is rapidly escalating to get those vaccines to those countries. And we need to make sure that when they get there, that they get to the people that need them.
1: Well, that is, that is very interesting because we're going to end up, you know, it, it's like people who don't have vaccines totally want them. And people like in the United States who have access to the vaccine have you know, decided for one reason or another that they're going to turn it down. And it, it, I just I can't understand it, but I I think I think other people have a better perspective on it than I do. So. Here's, here's some insights. So this week
10: was the Bio-International Convention. So um, biotech companies from all over the world have been um, collaborating on a number of these issues. Um, and so a lot of the data that I'm sharing with you is very, very fresh. Um, what we've seen in the United States is the same health disparities that we see in other parts of the world. Um, where certain demographic groups are either less likely to get the vaccine or less willing to get the vaccine because of fear. Um, But more importantly, as we look at and going back to the capacity of the health systems, our, our health systems tend to be concentrated in areas of wealth. They always have been. And so it is the work of the NGOs that gets out into the communities, whether it is um, in you know rural rural Arizona, um, you know the Appalachian Mountains, or um, you know in various parts of the world where there's not easy access, transportation, or staffing to get this done. And so, a lot of the work that's being done now relative to vaccines, and a lot of the conversations that are being had um, at G7, as well as um, you know, with the global NGOs is how are we going to distribute the vaccine doses that are coming through the pipeline to get them to the people that need them the most and to educate those people so that they understand why it's good for them to get those vaccines. And so um, this this job is not done. And um, the other thing is for those of the people on the call, and I know we try not to be political, um, but for those of you that are on the call that are Americans, it is vitally important that you reach out to your members of Congress, um, the House, and the Senate, and share with them your feelings about the global community and the importance of supporting these healthcare efforts around COVID 19, because those NGOs are going to need funding. And a lot of that funding does come from the United States and the G7 partners. So let your elected leaders know that this is important to you. They will listen.
1: Okay. So people, who has, who would like to be the next um, victim to talk about being a global citizen? There are a lot of people up here who have been up here. Bibi you've been up here for a long time
11: oh yeah but since others are you know, trying to speak so i am always patience to be the last speaker yeah hi dr francine i'm from taiwan i'm BB. and as for the title being a better globe citizen um how the what i'm thinking is about since i'm from taiwan um from the political or the <laughs> oh, sorry but okay. So it's like uh, we are a small island country and we are like caught between ponds between China and America. So sometimes it's very difficult for us to think how we stand around the world. And about being global citizens, I think um, about China, because China in Mandarin, Zhongguo, Zhong means central. So from history, that means mainland China, they, um, they think they are the center of the world. So being globally, um, where can maybe <laughs> not rooted in the country? And Somehow in China, because, you know, they have the wall um, for social media things, so they cannot, like, for example, they cannot log in Clubhouse using their China phone number. So I think if we can help people in China get more information about reaching out, as a global citizen, that might mm, help for because they don't get enough information about this world. You know,
1: there's there's a very good idea, Bibi, that we need to reach out to the Chinese people and help them, citizens, so they can get information from...
11: That, yes, because, I, you know, I know it, if honor. you meet some Chinese people, the native Chinese people on Clubhouse, basically, they are either, you know, going, going abroad, studying overseas, or they are somehow government related, not, not the official staff, but lay like a patrol or something, they are trying to defend defend politics for China government, so they are not uh, normal people from China so yeah let's that's, that's what I think if we can help them you know inside the great wall of the network, I mean the internet because sometimes they don't know what happened in this world yeah, that's it I'm done. With I know. It.
1: Thank you, Bibi, but I you know when when China first came on Clubhouse and it did. It came on Clubhouse in I'm going to say January, all yes, in January. One, in one fell swoop. And I remember one night I was in the Cotton Club room and everyone came into the Cotton Club and it was so exciting because they all seemed so happy to be there and then 2 days later China cracked down. And nobody could be on anymore. And I, we, at first, we saw tons of Chinese rooms, and now at least I don't see them anymore. Does Does anyone else see them?
11: Just like I said, you, you see the
1: propaganda uh, ones.
11: Yes, and or those who studied or worked overseas, because they yeah. have other countries' phone numbers. If you have used China, like uh, the Plus six eight. If you are not your phone number started with plus six eight, your country code. Yeah, yeah, your country code. Yeah, you you cannot use. You cannot get the text, so you cannot verify your account. That's why they cannot login.
1: Oh. And uh,
11: why they are like why China government banned um banned the usage of clubhouse because uh. I, it's like they are trying to discuss the things happening in Xinjiang in Hong Kong and they they are they were spreading how the truth is in Xinjiang. So gov- government government <laughs> What says, is it,
1: the it, truth? What is the truth in Xinjiang that you know
11: about Bibi? Um but yeah, sometimes if you are reasonable you you, you would think it's it's or um, you only hear it. You it, there's no way you see it by your eyes, but I can sense the mm, how to say that. If you hear the voice, they try to express their true story. Like their family were caught and brought to the factory. They were forced to work there, and. Uh, how the woman was raped, something like that. The story when they told it it's um, it's like the text, you can hear the voice, so you believe yeah. it's true. Okay and, so for those
1: uh, of you who who are not following this China has forced labor camps and they put minority groups like muslims into the forced labor camps and try to reeducate them and then after they're reeducated they send them to the factories and there's been one for me, very troubling situation in which Apple, which does most of its manufacturing in China, will not hire um, minority representatives of of, uh, minorities in China unless they are the people from the forced labor re-education camps and then there is a government program that subsidizes them. I don't know, Ty- Tyler. You live, <laughs> you live in Thailand. <laughs> I know Thailand isn't isn't China, but do you know more about this than I do?
7: Remind me. I was just. I was half listening.
1: Okay, so I was talking about the Uyghurs and forced labor camps, and yeah. the fact that Apple is hiring only um, people who've been re-educated mm. by the forced labor camps, and that's because there's a government subsidy for them.
7: I, I'm not familiar. I'm not up to speed on it. Okay. On thank-
1: yeah. I'll, I'll let you go back to sleep. No, no. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> <Thank> listening. <you. laughs> I'm
7: listening.
1: <laughs> thank you for showing up. Anybody yeah. want to con- contribute on this? Or there are so many people on stage who haven't spoken. Christy. Yes, thank you,
12: Francine. Um, Well, you know, I really can't, I can talk a little bit on the China subject. I spent doing business. In fact, right up to COVID, we were scheduled to go there um, probably five times for 2020. But obviously, we didn't go on any of those trips. But um, what I, the first time I was there, and I was watching CNN News, and I I think it was when Donald Trump was in office and t- every time the news would come on on CNN and it would show President Xi, the screen would go black and anytime there was any news about China in the hotel room, the screen would go black and I remember thinking, is there something wrong with this TV or are they actually blacking out any news that's about China. And, and clearly it, it, uh, it was, they, they had the ability to black out news. So, you know, if you're in China and you're trying to find out what's going on in the world, it's, it's very difficult to get it through regular media. So, um, and then I was very happy to see people that were on a uh, clubhouse and I thought, wow, this is going to be really interesting. But I think as um, the pre- BB just mentioned that uh, maybe it's very difficult for people in China to get on Onto Clubhouse and to get other sources of information, um, wow. and then just on the subject that I was going to talk about. So I was in sports psychology for a very brief time. I had a career in sports psychology, and um, what what kind of has gone on, and I'm, it kind of makes me hopeful. So we always used to preach, you know, you're only as strong as team. You're only as strong as the weakest link. You're only as strong as the weakest link. You know, you've, it's a brotherhood. You got to bring everybody up, and you know depending on what sport you were in, people would listen. So, you know, if you're a basketball player, you know, you're looking for your highlight reels, you're kind of out there doing your own thing and you're like, you know, I am stronger than my weakest link. But if you're a football player and you know, you know, you're a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver, and you know that your essential workers are your linemen, uh, you treat them really, really well because without them you'll die. And so football works as a better team sport, in a sense, because they're forced to work together to survive. And I kind of feel like COVID has woken up a lot of people and made them realize that we're probably more of a football team as a country than a basketball team.
1: That life is a team
12: sport. (laughs) Life is a team sport. And we all really need to work together. And the fact that COVID is not going away easy and it's not going away quickly and there's fears that it's going to linger on and it's going to come back and bite us all again i think is really forcing the issue and the point that maybe we learn we need to learn to cooperate in a global way with other societies get other people vaccinated take care of essential workers our supply chains we depend on every single country on this planet to to keep the supply you know we want our toilet paper and we want all of our uh, you know things from all different you know we want our masks whatever it is we want we really need to be a better
1: America to get those things so that's my contribution thank you for having me Francine hey you're welcome I hate to do this but I'm going to be forced to go in PTR order for the people who haven't spoken so that we get through all the uh, people that are on stage Deep how are you and who are you
0: hey, your microphone introduce
1: yourself Deep, do you know you're unmuted, or are Maybe you doing Adina that asked. on purpose? Adina. Yeah. Adina Adin- Brody? Oh, we have sleepers on stage. Katie? Lots of sleepers on stage. This is what happens when you bring a lot of people up on stage. They sit up here Here, thinking that it's going to make something good happen to their
13: their clubhouse life. Yes, Samantha. Hey, you guys. Um, Dr. Francine, I just want to say I love your page, your Instagram. It's the cutest. I sincerely love it. Um, It made me smile. I'm from Oakland, California. And just to answer the question, being a better global citizen, um, I'm 29 years old. Um, a former foster youth, and I've always looked at life um, in the bigger picture, and um, but more so a couple years ago after I had my daughter, um, I just went on a personal journey, and I'm a firm believer that when you love who you are and you are the best you can be, um, those around you will follow suit. Um, but I found a book. It's called um, Battle of the Minds by Joyce Myers, and it is the best book and i just wish everyone in the world could read this book cuz a lot of people in the, around the world are just on autopilot we're just going every day just trying to get by um to the next thing and if we really just stopped and appreciated where we are we'll see all the issues that we are facing um instead of just you know always looking down in the future and so me being a better a better global citizen i just try to improve who i am and what i offer um and wisdom and i seek things that you can't buy in a store um and just normalizing that it's okay to to just be regular it's okay i mean of course everyone wants to you know have a nice life or a comfortable life but it's okay to just be a good person um you don't have to be something that you're not and um, each place that I've traveled to, unfortunately, which isn't that many, I've always taken that mindset, and surprisingly, each encounter, you know, I've had has always been a positive one where we exchange knowledge and information. And I think that if we go back to that basic, just in appreciating knowledge and appreciating experience, um, we'll be in a better place. Um, And as far as the vaccine, I am terrified to get the vaccine because, um, in my opinion, I feel like my government is not relatable. I don't relate to my government. I don't, um, I, most times I don't understand the, their way of thinking. I can't, um, imagine me in my life making choices that I've witnessed, um, similar to the George Floyd. I don't understand how we have to, um, just continue to experience these kind of things and see this, and our children see it, um, in in China and all over the world. It's not even just um, the African American culture. It's really all over the world, um, and so. Yeah, I don't. I just wanted to share. I'm, I'm scared, and you know, they, they, they make it so accessible, and I understand that in other countries it's so hard, and people are dying to get it. It's just, um, and I feel bad about that because it, it puts, it makes me think, why am I second guessing something that's, um, that's valuable to, to people, and um, <clears throat> it's because I'm not relatable to my government. I don't understand. I don't trust that they're going to exactly because if they haven't proved that you know at all and they don't they don't they don't show that but thank you for letting me share you guys and m- m- dr francis your page is amazing i'm gonna follow you thank you dr Heyman. let's talk
1: oh,
0: we could talk um about the
1: you're an expert you're a doctor <laughs> well
0: look okay so i i i feel samantha's pain i mean um uh this has been not an easy issue for her especially Given the climate, right? Samantha, I mean, um, you've been lied to several times. And you're, I mean, you're, I mean, the generations of people who've been lied to, tested on, um, science has not done a good job at all, honestly. Um, and I'm hoping that science starts speaking the truth, um, like, even if it's the hard truth, right? Sometimes they need to not sugarcoat things. They should not hide things. Um, let people know the honest truth. Um, like for this vaccine, if you want, uh, I know that uh, Dr. Francine likes to uh, end the room at three. But if you want, and if Dr. Francine's okay with it, we could continue the discussion on global and also then a little bit extend a little bit more time to discuss this vaccine part, if you want, Francine. Or
1: yeah, I'm fine with okay. that. Um, I see Katie probably wants to say yeah,
11: something.
0: Yeah, so Samantha, we'll, if you're willing to stay put for a bit, we can discuss it more in detail. Is that okay, Samantha? I would love
1: right. that. Okay. Katie, did you want to say something? Daphne. I thought you unmuted. Daphne
0: also wanted to chime in there.
14: Uh, Hi, is- it's Katie speaking. Daphne, go ahead, and then I will speak after. Thanks.
0: Hey, Mohan Mohanad is also keen to.
1: No, Daphne wants. Daphne wants to speak. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks, Katie. Thanks for uh, Dr. Francine for being your platform.
15: My name is Daphne Gasso. Um, Daphne.
1: Your signal. Yeah, deafening. you you're cutting. Did
0: you want to get now? a stronger signal? Oh, gosh.
1: are you okay now? to try okay, now. Sure, try
0: sure. Now. Go, go no ahead. Problem. No, go
15: I'm ahead. Try problem. now. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Um. So I was just saying. Um. In regards to this topic, uh, it's something of very that is very dear to my heart. Being a, a global citizen. Okay, I'm a recipient of, of a child of two parents that worked in the UN. So. I lived overseas, I was born here, but I lived overseas in three countries um, for till I was 13 years old. But um, in regards to this topic, um, I think it all starts with our children. Um, I think we can do a better job as collectively as a, a humans to better children's lives in the US or wherever we are, okay? Um, I have a cousin that uh, she took the initiative of opening um, libraries in um, in a country in a rural area. So what she do is she um, take over, go into a r- rural areas, and she open libraries. And um, sometimes she goes to the uh, the schools, and then she update the libraries with books. And um, she has she's done like sixteen of them now. Okay, and her goal is to uh, make go into each individual country and stuff and work with the government officials and, you know, just better the children's life. Okay. But I think, um, you know, for us as people, you know, to make things a little bit better, but, I mean, it starts with the children. You know, and I think we, we can all make a difference in the lives one way or another. I mean, by mentoring them in whatever way we can. So I'm just going to be real quick. I don't want to take out the space, but I just thought there was something that I should, you know, bring up and stuff. So thanks. Thanks for um, giving me the opportunity to speak. And um, I'm going to follow the room. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jeffine. Um, Katie?
14: Hi, it's Katie speaking. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Francine, Dr. Heyman, and everyone for holding the space. Apologies, I did hear you get, um, call me, and I messaged uh, Dr. Heyman that I was just putting my daughter to sleep. Um, ooh, you know, really important conversation, and there have been many different topics that have been covered in different areas. Um, I am what I would call a true global citizen. I was Australian-born, Um, I have lived and worked all over the world, including the U.S., Bahamas, Mexico, Philippines, Um, and now I've been based in South Africa and worked throughout Southern Africa for the last decade. Um, Yeah, and then my children are South African to a Greek father, or South African Greek father. So we have contacts from all over the world, Um, but I just want to provide a lens from without going you know i'm going to hone in on a specific topic which um is covid so here in africa we are um officially in the third wave of covid um we don't is less than one percent of the continent um that has been vaccinated and here in we're africa- in
1: africa are you katie
14: I'm in South Africa, but the whole continent is now officially declared in the third wave.
1: Okay.
14: Yeah. I mean, not okay.
1: As... Not okay, but now
14: I understand. Right. And even as a privileged um, white, you know, family, like extended family, we've had um, my father-in-law, he's 75, um, on a vaccine waiting list since it was open. We haven't even vaccinated all our healthcare workers and he now has to drive, um, I think it's about like two hours, call it, to go get his vaccine shot, which is a bit of a problem. Again, we have access to cars. Most of the population doesn't. Um, but as Dr. Heyman knows, I'm also someone who contracted COVID in June 2020. Um, young, fit, previously like healthy, no underlying conditions, doing all the right things. Um, how and finishing my doctorate at the time um not medical doctor at all um but it wasn't genetics, genomics and um you know it's scary to now actually realize it's almost a year um i'm unable to work my health conditions are so terrible um my brain, neurological, um, and I've developed a syndrome called POTS, so postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Sorry, I won't ramble too long. But what I want to say is, firstly, the most important message I want to express is um, as a global citizen, whatever your points of view are, whether it's on vaccines or COVID or anything, I would like us all to approach this situation with a lot of empathy um, of what's going on around the world. And, you know, we don't have the choice of vaccines. We don't have the choice of medical health care. Um, and I just would like others to perhaps think about that when they're quite, um, what's the right way of saying this, when they're very strong in their communication about these certain topics, that you know, um, as global citizens too, the more that these this continues to get out of hand in countries like ours, um, that you know, we can quite freely travel back to yours as well, and um, that's just going to continue anyway. As I said, the most important point is please approach this situation and any situation with love, care, empathy um and please yeah have an open heart katie i'm done speaking thanks for the space thank you katie let me uh reset the
1: room before we go deeper into the vaccine conversation um this is karma club and this month's series is being a better global citizen it's um it's Enabled and supported by Babel, B A B B E L dot com. And if you go to Babel dot com slash Francine, you will get six months free of Babbel and you can learn any language you want, which is obviously not the only criteria for being a, go- a global citizen, but it does help. And if you want a voice in what goes on um, in the in the club in and the room in future weeks and months go to rally.io and buy a karma coin and if you become a karma coin holder you can have a vote on what goes on in this this uh, karma club in the future and also you'll get rally rewards so and and also it costs a dollar thirty nine. So it's like no big whoop, but it makes you a fan of the club and then you get those special privileges, so to speak. All right. Um I'm pretty much at the end of my agenda, but I think we need to talk more. Where did Stephanie go? Oh Samantha. Samantha, you're here. Okay. Dr. Hyman, do you want to talk? To sure. Um, let's
0: talk as a community, right? As a global community, um, we know. I mean, sorry. So the just to reset the room, let's uh, do this. So this is uh, welcome all to Karma Club. Uh, this is basically a room that was initiated by Dr. Francine Hardaway, uh, with the hopes of bringing people together, having more positive discussions, and hopefully through these efforts, uh, spreading some goodness around the world and hopefully changing uh, things. Am I? Am I on the right track, Dr. Hardaway? Well. Okay. You're right you.
1: there.
0: Um, so what basically we've been discussing before this uh hour, the last hour, was about being a global citizen. Um and as part of being a global citizen, we also somewhat have a responsibility to each other, right? Uh not only to each other's health and safety, uh, but also to ensure uh that we respect each other's uh, concerns uh fears uh and also address them so samantha from samantha where are you from actually
13: i'm okay. from oakland california
0: so um so samantha from oakland actually raised the point of uh being scared of the vaccine right is that correct samantha you can keep your microphone on please chime in for your point um so okay. you uh, okay. you said that you were scared of the vaccine and um so I, I, I get it. I mean, um, I was trying to invite Dr. Stephen Thomason. He's a uh, gentleman, uh, he's a physician in uh, Maryland who I met early on in Clubhouse. He has been trying to also educate the African American population, particularly in his state, through barbershops. uh This is something that even Killer Mike, one of my favorite artists, has also been trying to do through his barbershops in uh, Atlanta. So as most of you may know, hopefully you do, uh, that the African experience, and Samantha, please correct me, and anyone else, Dr. Thomas, oh, Thomas left, oh no. Okay, so basically, uh, the African American experience has been one of um, a lot of uh, pain and tragedy, uh, not only from the obvious slavery part, but there's also the uh, the value of the person as a human, right? So we know from exp- uh, from medical literature that there has been sometimes even uh, surgeries done without any anesthesia. Um, there has also been um, uh, basically a lot of things, even testing, like Tuskegee was an uh, um, experiment where they actually infected them with uh, syphilis, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. I'm Puerto Rican, though. Sorry about but that. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So they no were no infected with uh, syphilis and not told, right? Because they were actually testing them out. So this is where ethics was never played. And then also, if you think about the government and as a whole for minority populations and those without lobbying, uh, they tend to not be heard right, in any discussions. And that's has been most of the time the case. Now, when it came to the COVID vaccine, um, you now it is a, a vaccine that was developed over a long time though what people think it is, was they think that it was rushed to market. And um, in the optics of things, it may seem that way, but the science behind it has been in brewing for years. Um, and it's just that the huge cash infusion that the American government did, um, and uh, did did help uh, basically rally a lot of the <sighs> scientists uh, to uh, work on this project and get it done. And the, uh, the genome, the, the actual genetic code of the uh, virus was isolated in China and then tr- helped, I mean, that helped with also the production of a vaccine, right? Because you need to know what you're targeting. So the vaccine was created and there were two types of vaccines created. One was the mRNA vaccine, which is basically, it's like this, there's mRNA is just a code that tells the, uh, it's like a sheet of paper that gives the instructions on how to build the antibodies to the body, Right versus the regular way vaccines are is like they take a piece of the dead back va- a dead virus and they give it to the body and say look look at this part um and i want you to make something f- just make sure you look out for this person right who's coming in so they'll make antibodies which are like soldiers right they've been given the uh, like the identity of this virus that's out there in the environment and told to go arrest them right that's what uh, antibodies do uh sorry antibodies do So, the mRNA is a little bit better because, in the sense that they've given them an exact description of this virus that's coming your way, right? Exact of the markers on the virus that are coming your way. Um, So, the body is better at identifying these viruses as they come in. Um, So, this, this again, these technologies have been there for a long time, right? Now, you've heard about side effects. Yes, there are side effects with everything, but these side effects are very, very, very rare. Um, like people uh, don't—I'm not don't want to trigger or scare anyone—but this has been always common knowledge for physicians and healthcare groups. For instance, uh, uh, birth control pills can cause around one in 500 blood clots. People who get blood clots, right? That's a large number. Uh, even blood clots in general, from you sitting around, you have a higher likelihood of getting blood clots than from any of these vaccines. Um, there are also allergies. You are more likely to get allergies from walking outside than you would from these vaccines. That's not, not to say that you can't, but then again, this is all uh, personalized too, right? You and your healthcare provider will know you best to say if a vaccine is safe or not. The only place where these vaccines are a bit of a concern are for people who are immunocompromised. That means they cannot make their own antibodies well. Because they are either on screens or they have a certain condition that prevents them from making it, right? So that's, again, it's all a personalized decision. Now, in terms of the fear, it's palpable, right? A lot of people uh, are worried about it, right? Because they, they know from history and all the media and all these stories about magnets sticking onto your arm uh, and Bill Gates doing something crazy with the vaccines is out there. It's rampant. Unfortunately, Um, and this is something for the, as a global citizens, we also have to be mindful of all our efforts in other areas too, because um, with social media and our global future, we have to, we are always fighting against uh, the negative news. We know psychologically uh, negative news is more juicy and interesting. Think of the tabloids, right? You always want to hear about the, oh, that person divorced. Oh my God, that spreads around the whole news. Versus the good stuff that says, uh, you know, we've met these people who've had a boring but very long marriage, right? So, again, the same thing happens for our information media, like technology and medicine. So, going forward, why do physicians and healthcare professionals and public health recommend vaccines? I'll quickly wrap this up. So, vaccines do work, they're not perfect. But what they do do is they actually increase your ch- uh, chance of uh, fighting off a virus if you are infected, right? Because what it is, is you've got soldiers ready, these antibodies ready to go and sort of sop up, basically jail these guys, basically go and attach onto these viruses as they enter your body and jail them, right? That's what our bodies do. Um, so the, remember the viral load? That's the whole point about these viruses. If you have too much viruses coming into your body, then you get overwhelmed. That's what the viral load is all about. So ideally, most people are not going to be stupidly exposed to a lot of viruses. So that's why the vaccine is, produces enough antibodies for you to be safe. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get COVID again. Um, that's why we also still recommend that you use your common sense, use a mask and so forth. So again, the vir- uh, antibodies, they do well, they do work. Um, They work very well, actually. The mRNA has been known to work a little bit better, but again, the study was done in a different type of population, while the AstraZeneca, for instance, was done in a huge worldwide population. So all the vaccines that we have been approved uh, by the governments do work. And by work, what do I mean? One, the most important thing, right, is to avoid getting a serious COVID infection. You may get a small COVID infection. That's not going to prevent it. Right, but it will most likely prevent it. Uh, so the high likelihood it'll prevent it. And the best part is it will prevent you from going into the ICU. That is a known fact.
1: Well, and, th- and this, is, this is where I think it's very important to remember yeah. what Katie said, that she was a very healthy, fit person before and she isn't now. And she's had a lot of problems so it's a risk right. management situation where you you say to yourself, "Do I want to get covid you know, or do I want to take a take a i was going to say take a vaccine but take it you know take a chance on a vaccine prepared by a government that right. i don't trust
0: well, it's not the government um, that makes it right but yeah you Sorry,
1: know, go ahead. right it's not the government that makes it and Uh, You know, like I'm a person who does not trust Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical companies, you know, that I'm a person who believes pharmaceutical companies are only in it for the money. But I got vaccinated because I don't want to take the chance that that was a better risk risk reward situation for me because I didn't want to die of COVID because from what I heard about dying of COVID. It's a very uncomfortable Mm. process. So I'd like to avoid that.
0: COVID once you get it. That's that's... the hard part. We could only do is fight it with enough uh, uh, medications and rest for your own body to resuscitate, right? So that's why we always say it's better for you to avoid the ICU. And to uh, Katie's uh, example, Katie is experiencing something called long COVID. Now, we don't understand it fully yet but what happens is a lot of people with long COVID tend to have these sim- constellation of symptoms that really make life uh, difficult. Now, that doesn't mean that she won't improve, but it, we don't know what the course of it will. But some evidence has come out that those with, uh, who have even got the vaccine after they were infected, their um, the length of that long COVID symptoms tends to decrease and also the intensity of those symptoms also decreases. So that's a good, another good sign that vaccines do help. Because it's again goes back to that whole viral load uh, principle. If you have too many of these viruses in your body, your body's fighting at all fronts, and it's hard for it to cope. Um, S- Samantha, I just want to stop and ask you: like, is there something that's like, is there anything more information on that? Did you want me to ex- go on or? Uh,
13: no, I, I I got everything actually. You said it to where I could understand it, and I think that's where the education in certain communities can improve on just coming off the high horse and actually explaining it to a way where we, we can actually um, digest it and understand what you're saying, you know? And and so I appreciate that. But a lot of the fear. That's why I
1: love Dr.
13: Heyman. I love Dr. Heyman. Yeah. But, but like Dr. um, Dr. Francine also said, i'm just also scared of the pharmaceuticals like i'm doing a um a a journey where i watch youtube documentaries and the government plays a very big part on censoring certain um natural healings that don't cost money because of course the pharmaceutical company brings in billions of dollars and so that's that's also just kind of scary and i don't know and i I am
1: a firm believer I, I'm going to have to close the room down because I have to have lunch with my daughter. But I want—I just want to tell you, Samantha, that nobody disbelieves in the pharmaceutical industry and what they're selling than I do. But you have to decide each case on its own merits. You know, I don't take a whole lot of things like arthritis drugs and stuff like that, that I know the pharmaceutical company would like me to take i take yoga instead so yes. i totally un- i so i totally understand that perspective but it's like you have
13: to a get safe place to, you need to get to a safe how can place I explain? We,
6: yeah.
13: you have to educate yes i was gonna know, say educate yourself and that's what i've every been
1: doing. single situation every yeah. single I think
0: one of it this
6: way.
1: yeah
13: well thank you guys think
0: of it this way too Oh, sorry. Thank think of it this so way, too. Much. Like we like, think of like a huge flood that's hit the uh, area. Right. And you just have to get to a higher ground. And to get to the higher ground is the vaccine, unfortunately. Right. We uh, not unfortunately. Good. Because we have that life preserver. Right. It's going to get us to the higher ground. And then we could reassess what do we need. We could assess why we got it. Right. The even infection. We know. The the COVID infection um, targets people who are more susceptible to it, right? So the lower immunity, diabetic patients, mostly those are people of color. Uh, For instance, in Toronto, the hotspots were all areas that had high density of ethnic minorities who had also a high likelihood of uh, diabetes and cardiac vascular issues. Um, Also, obesity. Right. And now we can't we're we're not going to blame anyone of that because we don't know. Right. Because sometimes it's protective. But the thing is, this is what we have to go back and reassess. And this is where we have to when later on, once the floods reside of this pandemic, we'll have to reassess and say, what did we do wrong that a lot of our neighbors uh, weren't able to get good food, weren't able to get treat their diabetes well? Like we know insulin prices are crazy. Right. Uh, we also know that why are we putting like some of our frontline people, like we're talking about the people who worked at the front desks, cleaning, uh, delivering food. Why were they not uh, helped out first, right? Why were they not protected? And what about our elderly too, right? Why weren't they protected, right? So we need to ask these questions. This is ultimately, that's the key to preventing something like a disaster like this from happening again. Why did the system fail? Right now, we just have to get to a safe place, all of us. And that's what the vaccines will help with
1: and the, and then my other thought before we close the room and I absolutely I'm sorry I absolutely have to close the room but my my one thing about you know about being a global citizen is um you feel safe from covid maybe you don't want to get it to anyone else because I, I always use myself as an example I'm 80 I'm tremendously healthy, but if I hang around with unvaccinated people, you know, I could maybe get and die from COVID just simply because of my age. And quite frankly, I would rather none of you did that to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I'm not saying did that to me. That's people are dying, part, too. But yeah, young you know what dying. I'm saying? I'm saying uh, I'm yes, I'm I'm trying to, uh, one of the reasons I got vaccinated is to give out what I wanted to get back. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming. Another great discussion. Um, But if you want to help me choose topics for the future, karmacoin at rally.io. If you want a language on on the cheap, so to speak, babble.com slash fanzine. And I hope I will see you guys next week.
11: Thank you, Dr. Francine. Thank you, Dr. Heyman. Take care. It's such a great
0: conversation.